Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What's going on, man? It is Remembrance Day. Yes. We don't have a, a common means of extending a greeting on Remembrance Day. I mean, for holidays, usually it's Merry Christmas, Happy Easter, Happy Mother's Day. You don't say Happy Remembrance Day. How do you greet someone yeah. but still acknowledge the day that we're in? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure the answer to that. Like, if there's one actual way to do it, um, to 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 mark the occasion, but I don't think we we need to say. Um, happy Remembrance Day. I think we can just say it is Remembrance Day, kind of like you started it off. You know, it's it's Remembrance Day today, or um, what are you planning to do for Remembrance Day? Um, I don't know. Is that a question people even ask? I, I don't remember the last time anyone even asked me what I'm doing for Remembrance Day. Yeah, I mean, I think most communities will have some sort of a ceremony at their local monument or cenotaph. Of course, there's the big one in Ottawa as well that is televised. Uh, Toronto is going to be televised, I believe, on CP24. There's lots of ways that you can participate. But one thing I think that we should all do is at 11 a.m., stop for a minute. It marks the armistice that ended the First World War at 11 a.m. on November the 11th. That's an important, pivotal point in our history. So, yeah, take a moment, pause, reflect in your head, say thank you. Uh, think about the, the the members of our armed forces who are who gave their lives, of course, but also for the ones that are still here and still have to live with the horror of war every single day. And veterans in this day and age, I've got so much time for the vets. I, I could talk to them for hours uh, when it comes to vets. People generally have this image in their head of older men that went and served in the war. But now we've got veterans that are in their mid-20s that have served in Afghanistan and served in various other places. And you know what? I mean, I think we have to stop having that picture in our head of a veteran being an old man and start thinking about anybody who's made that sacrifice, Mm -hmm. who's said, I'll go when the rest of us didn't. Yeah, And and that's important to me. That is important. And it's important to also realize because uh, right now, today, we're not dealing with what they dealt with then. You know, specifically then, could you put yourself in the position? I always say, like, put yourself in that position of what it might feel like to be told you're going to war, to be told your child is going to war, um, you know, or or somebody who's really close to you is going. We're not in that position where that's happening right now. And there are people who volunteer themselves, like you said, that have done all of these amazing, courageous things that have us living the freedoms that we have today. And it's such a small thing to ask. For us to reflect on that for just a couple of minutes on one day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it really is such a tiny thing to do. So thank you to those who actually go out of their way to maybe um, attend a ceremony. Uh, maybe you give to the poppy fund. And if you can't give money, you you give time or you just take the time to teach that to the next generation. Because I think that's something that's slipping. It's something that my, my brother-in-law and I were actually just talking about the last time we got together was, you know, we feel like there's less and less people yeah. maybe taking the time. Uh, or wearing a poppy, or even understanding what it's all about. And well, thankfully, it's being taught in school still, which is great. But what's it going to be like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, if we're seeing what we're seeing now? Will people still pause and do that? So I think it's important. It kind of brings you back to, it's a reality check. It's a nice reality check about what really happened to get you the freedoms that you have today. Certainly is. Listen, I've already uh, encountered one person this morning who did not like my Remembrance Day post who accused me of trying to glorify war. 
What? Listen, Remembrance Day is not about war. Remembrance Day is about people. It's about the people who didn't ask why or didn't throw up any objections. They just said, okay, when our leaders asked them to go and fight for a noble cause. And frankly, when I think about those those badasses that stormed the beaches of Normandy and those ones who who liberated countries with like next to nothing as far as body armor and shit like that is concerned. I'm talking about our grandparents or great great grandparents that that flew or took a boat over the Atlantic and went right into harm's way that were running towards the people shooting at them as their mm-hmm. boats were were landing on the beach. Yeah. It's fucking crazy to even And you think say about those it. words. Like you say those words and people are like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's crazy." But like seriously picture yourself there in that situation. You can't. A lot of the time it's really hard to do that, but people did that, you know? You know, I'd love to think that I'd be uh, just like the other soldiers that were over there. But frankly, as your boat is going towards the beach and there's people firing bullets and mortars at you and, you know, that ramp is going to go down and you've got to run towards the people who are shooting at you. That's scary as fuck. I'd be the guy hiding under the bench in the boat. But no, those badasses who went to war, they did it and they came home with PTSD and God knows whatever else. And I feel for them. And, and it's not just World Wars One and Two; It is uh, Desert Storm. It's Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. It's the list goes on and on and on. And more and more, our military and our armed forces are, are going above and beyond. I don't think many of the people that are in the armed forces signed up for that job so they could go and, and steer patients in the right direction during a pandemic or... Or so that they could change bedpans in long-term care homes. But just this year, they did when we asked them to. And that's the kind of shit that you got to respect about our military. The fact that they don't ask questions. They just do what needs to be done. And that's important to me. And I hope everyone can take a moment to acknowledge Remembrance Day and the sacrifice that they made. And that their families made. The families of soldiers go through so much. It's... Uh, there's not enough good words that I can say to describe how much respect I have for those people who did that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's move on. We've got a lot of things to talk about in this episode of after nine. I do want to talk about God damn it. Dr. Kieran Moore yesterday. I, you know, I don't get this guy cat and I'm going to play some audio for you in a few minutes. But one of the things that he said yesterday, and he keeps getting caught up in this is saying things like this government will not move too fast. This government won't do that and will do this. Do you work for the government? Because I was under the impression you were supposed to be a neutral doctor who just got hired because you're good at your job. That's what I thought. You're not there to make apologies or excuses for the government. Hmm. So we'll play his uh, comments yesterday, specifically his answer to Laura Stone's question, because it was a good one. And he said something a little curious. First off. We're kind of on the topic anyway. We're going to talk about the things that drive you fucking crazy. For me, public health doctors. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, right? Not all of them, but quite a few of them just need to shut the fuck up. It struck a nerve a couple of times in the last uh, couple of times, I'd say, to say the least, in the last couple of years, huh? Well, seriously. I mean, what, two days ago we had Christine Elliott saying, no, we knew that the numbers would rise. We planned for this in our reopening plan. We are going to stay the course. The very next fucking day, the doctor came out and said, yeah, we're going to pause the reopening. God damn it. Will somebody please be in charge here? Don't you guys talk to each other? Mm -hmm. Fuck. In any case, let's talk about the things that drive us crazy. 
Now, they only asked 2,000 people here, but I feel like this is a fairly comprehensive list. The number one thing that will just make a good person snap when someone cuts in front of you in line. 44% say that is rage-inducing. When's the last time somebody cut in front of you? Was oh it the my. casino when they reopened? Yes. Okay. So I I don't know if I told the story on the podcast or not, but that was the last time it happened. And it they corrected themselves real quick. So when the casinos first opened, it was really, it wasn't very good, like pretty shitty. But you, there was like one machine every 10 that were available, basically. But anyway, because the limits. It's science, Cat. It's just science. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, every other <laughs> slot machine might give you COVID. <laughs> Because of the uh, restrictions, um, there were only a certain amount of people allowed into the building. We all understand how that works. So the lineup was insane. The lineup was crazy. It took us about an hour or so uh, to get inside the doors. So as you can imagine, people were pretty, you know, they they were watching their spot and and, and nobody was cutting in line. Everything's fine. I get close to the front. I'm almost there. I see the doorway. I see the guy with the fucking temperature checker (laughs) just waiting to check my temperature. This is great. All of a sudden, so these douchers in front of us, there's a couple of douchebags, and I can tell they were douchebags just by the way they talk. You know how you can tell someone's a douchebag by the way they speak? That was them. Mm-hmm. So a couple of douchebags were sitting there, and they were on the phone with someone. I could tell because I kept looking toward the parking lot, so it was someone that was coming. And the whole time I knew something might happen. I was like, you know, I think that they're going to let someone buttinski here, if you will. And you know what? If it was one person, I wouldn't give a shit. Like, I, you know what? I probably wouldn't have said anything or, or shot any evil looks. Fine. So four or five guys right before we got through the door, or they did, I should say, rolled up and tried to like mingle in and pretend like they were just like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Like slowly try to, you know, maneuver their way in. And I was like, I don't fucking think so. So thankfully I didn't have to say anything because there was a woman in front of them that shot them a dirty look. I saw this too. And she's like, oh, the line's way back there. eh? It's crazy. Like kind of a nice way, a very passive aggressive way to say, get the Buck to the back of the line. <laughs> and she kind of did it so I didn't have to. But I would have said something because they were right in front of us. And when I say it took about, you know, 20 minutes for six people to go through, that's not even a word of a lie. It's like 20, 30 minutes for just six people to go through. So they would have screwed us up for 20 minutes. So that anyway, that was it. They ended up scurrying away. Only the two dudes went through the doors at that time. But it is a, it's a definite pet peeve. And at least if you ask someone, let's say it's not even a long line. It's not a crazy wait like that example. Even if you're waiting in line for whatever, and the, and the line's moving well, you just ask. Just ask. You could say, hey, look, here's the deal. I'm actually with them. Do you mind? I'm so sorry. And you know what? That'll get you much farther than trying to butt in without saying anything. And I do my best to keep an eye on that at, like, Costco, for example. If I've got a cart full of shit and I see someone with one item, I'm telling them to go forward. Are you? Are you that type of person that would do that, too? Yeah, I've let people cut in front yeah. of me. The I one heard. I do it the most for, though, is if I see a pregnant woman or an older lady. A senior. I will let them go first. Yeah, a senior citizen will always, like, I don't even care if I have, like, three items. If they have a grocery cart, I'm like, okay, go ahead. You know, because standing there alone, that's a lot. That's a lot on the body for some people. And if you're pregnant, I mean, you mentioned it. If you're pregnant or if you are uh, a senior or whatever it might be, maybe you're in a wheelchair or something, and even that might be a lot for you to get out of the house and do that. Yeah, it's very nice of you to go out of your way and go, nope, you know what? I can wait like five minutes. You know, I'm okay to stand here for five minutes. You go, please. I've got a slightly different take on this because I read it differently. They say the number one thing that drives us crazy is when someone cuts in front of you in line. For me, it's not a lineup as in I'm at the checkout at the grocery store. For me, it's when I am on the road 
and I'm in the right-hand lane and somebody is getting on the highway, and even though there's ample space behind me to pull in behind, they feel that they can use up every last inch and then some of the merge lane, and they cut in front of me there. Uh, fuck you. You can... <laughs> You jump on the highway when you can. You didn't need to speed up to get around me just to slow back down again because now you're going way too fast. Like, just get in line where there's space. Right. So that one bugs me. Yeah. Number two is rude people in general. Seen a lot of those lately. Mm-hmm. When someone thinks the rules do not apply to them. Yeah. You okay. see a lot of that lately. Yep. Typically to do with a mask or a Vax passport. Sure. When you're stuck on hold and you have to keep pushing different numbers to get to the right department. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they do those voicemail systems just to piss people off, I think. Yeah. I think in their heads, they've got a a noble cause. Oh, well, we'll just let people get right to the person they need to speak to. Press one if it's about mobility issues. Press two if it's about your TV. All right. Fuck. Fine. And then you've got to go through to the right department and you've pressed like 15 buttons. In fact, when you get off hold with Bell or Rogers or whoever it is that you have to call that has a lot of menu options, hit redial and see just how many numbers you had to press to get to that one person. It'll shock you. Number five, people who do not say please or thank you. Manners are the most simple and should be one of the first things that we all learn, right? That's one of the first things that I teach my kids manners if they don't use manners they don't get things so you got to drill that in their head nice and early nice and young you hope everybody's in that scenario but they're not they're not there are people who are adults i'm talking about grown-ass adult who don't say thank you when you hold open a door for them in public for example not even a nod you know i accept a nod as manners by the way no problem you know you nod or you give me a smile like that's a thank you to me i'll accept i will accept that thank you sir but the people who just storm right through don't even acknowledge when you do something like that i can't fucking believe that Mm -hmm. i can't believe it is that one grinds my gears for sure hey if you come to me and say hey can i borrow your pen and i hand you my pen and you just walk away without saying thank you that's outrageously rude manners manners number six is hidden fees yeah, there's hidden fees way, way, way too often. I've okay, This might not be a popular opinion. Maybe people like things the way it, they are. But I've felt for a long time that a price tag should be the total that you have to pay, not the price. And then you have to add on 13%. Oh, and then there's a, a hidden fee in there for environmental disposal or this, that, or the other thing. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Shallowness and ignorance is number seven. Yeah. Okay, give okay. me an example of that. Is there an example of that? Um, just gen- general ignorant, like just being an ignorant individual, like generally. I mean, sure, I get it, but give me an example of that. Uh, I, I'm going to use the COVID example again because that's the one I see most frequently. Right. Someone walks into a store, they get turned away because they don't have a mask or they forgot their Vax passport, and then they go off on some big diatribe that's actually quite misinformed. Mm-hmm. That's completely ignorant. Sure. Yeah. And pretty shallow to think that you're different from everyone else. Right. And assuming something for me too. um, one that I'll mention is when someone assumes something and just it just makes a assumption out of thin air without knowing the facts. That to me is also ignorant. When you're in a crosswalk and someone speeds through the intersection without stopping. 
Okay. So there's that's a different one because me, I will wait until the person that's crossing the street gets mainly across the street. But I definitely want them out of the area where I could potentially hit them if they turn around and have to run back for some reason. That sort of shit I think about. I never cross a crosswalk, though, until the person is on the other side. That's the rule, right? You can't cross until the other person is fully Mm -hmm. across. That's the law, right? Yeah. Number nine, people who chew with their mouth open. Yeah. Who does that? Ew. That is, it's such a gross, it's such a gross thing. And you wonder who doesn't notice. Doesn't that amaze you the most is that I don't think some people know It's like they can't even hear themselves chew because I can hear you slapping your mouth around like you're a fucking donkey, like (laughs) at an all-you-can-eat hay buffet from here. How do you not know that you're doing that? You know, I don't understand that. And then do you say something too? Do you say, can you close your mouth while you chew? Like unless it's a child, you don't say that. But then once again, there's grown-ass adults that do it. I don't understand. Number 10, and this one, 100%. ATM fees or having to pay to withdraw your own money. Yeah. Okay. You know, bank fees used to be very, very, very self-explanatory. If it's a bank machine from your own bank, no problem. It's free to take out your money. If you use another bank's ATM, it'll cost you a dollar to take out your money. And I think for the most part, people didn't like that, but they could live with that. There's some machines now that are charging like, $4 $4 to take out money. Yeah. Why would I yes. pay $24 to take out 20 And why does it, as, and I understand having to charge for it because when you're talking bank to bank, so let's say I'm with um, TD and I happen to stumble upon a CIBC and I'm in a rut. I really just need to get some cash out. So I go to this, their bank machine. Okay, fine. It's not that easy to just be like, take my funds from this account to that account when I'm at a CBC, but my bank is TD. So I understand that. ATM fees are stupid have escalated quickly. I remember when it used to be like a buck, a buck, 52 bucks maybe to take out money. And you're like, okay, fine. But now, yeah, you're right. For, I think at the casino, the last time I actually, I actually took out money might've been at a casino. Maybe it was a mall, whatever it was. It's like $4 and 50 cents. Really? That's insane. I know that it's convenient. I know. I understand because for me to go to the bank now and not pay that four fifty, it's going to cost me more in gas to get there. Sure. So you do have to realize, okay, this is a better deal for me. But it's still, in some cases, quite outrageous. There's a couple more that didn't make the top 10, but I feel like they deserve an honorable mention. Again, we're talking about the things that just drive you batshit crazy, that will just send you into a rage instantly. This could have easily made the top 10, because when we talked about it on our radio show today, a lot of people said it. People who change lanes or turn without signaling absolutely infuriating it's simple right it's simple construction on a saturday morning (laughs) (laughs) oh you thought you were gonna sleep in huh Uh uh-uh your neighbor's putting in a pool fuck you yes and if anyone's or if anyone's lived in a i used to live uh in a in a new construction area right so my home was ready it was phase one but phase two was being built just down the road and they would have excavators just beep, beep, bop, bop. I'll never forget that. It was the loudest. And it started like right at the crack of stupid. Like, here you go. You want to sleep in? Fuck you. Here we go. And I know they're just trying to do their thing. But it is just one of those things that it always happens on the morning. You're hungover or you just really want to sleep in. Finding a parking ticket on your windshield. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that drives me fucking crazy. We go way, 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 way over the top on parking enforcement in this province. And I know that it's all determined by the various municipalities, but fuck off. There's absolutely no reason that if I can park in front of my own house at three in the afternoon, that I can't do it at three in the overnight hours. What is the fucking difference? Mm -hmm. But, oh, you got to pay if you're on the road overnight hours. You know, I'm not talking about people who park in front of a fire hydrant. Yeah, you deserve a ticket if you did that. I'm not talking about people who park in a, a handicap spot. If you do that and you're not entitled to, fuck you. You should probably get a criminal ticket, to be honest with you, because yeah. you're an asshole. But if you're just parked in front of your own home, I don't know. What is the limit? Three hours? And you're parked for three and a half hours? You get a $40 yeah. ticket? Suck a dick. Yeah. You know? Like, just piss off. There's too many uh, municipalities that treat it as a guaranteed income source, and they go way too aggressively on ticketing. And that's what it is, right? It's easy money in their pocket. It's easy money. Yeah, but there's a real person on the other end of that who was inconvenienced greatly from not only getting the ticket, but having to pay the ticket or fight it. And frankly, it wasn't worth a ticket in the first place, other than the fact that you guys determined it's perfectly okay to park on the street now, but an hour from now, it's not okay. Yeah, there's, there's no snow in the ones. forecast. Yeah. You're not cleaning the goddamn roads at two yeah. in the morning. Fuck exactly. You. And there's a huge difference between, hey, there's a snow event or whatever you might call it in your in your city. Here it's like a snow event. Okay, don't park on the road. Don't be an asshole. Absolutely true. Don't be an asshole. Let the plows have their way through. And but yeah, I, I mean, if it's a nice, clear evening and nobody, you're not parked in the middle of the road. You're off to the side. Yeah, what's the big deal? In some cases, in front of your own home. Yeah. You get charged for that? Fuck off. Number, uh, no, this is, we're done the numbers. These are just the honorable mentions. Gas prices? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that pisses anybody oh, off when you pay more than yeah, you should. Absolutely. I'm going to mention this one because I read this and it totally hit home for me. It happens to me regularly. When you're using the self-checkout, but it freezes, so they've got to have somebody come over and, <laughs> and, and swipe that little fucking card yes. to unlock it, key yes. in some weird code. When you're trying to do the convenient thing for you, right? You only have six or seven items. Let's do the self-checkout. I'll be in and out in no time. And then something like that happens. Oh, it's so irritating. Or I, I've had this happen to me before where a barcode that's not actually a barcode for the product, but there's a barcode and it was for the shipment of that product is still on. It might be in sticker form or something. Walmart has it. Loblaws stores have it sometimes. So they put a giant sticker there. And that's just more for tracking the product to get to the store. But then what happens is, If you, because it's so sensitive, those scanners, if you just tilt it the wrong way, this happens to me, this has happened to me a couple of times, it'll pick up that barcode first before the actual barcode and then whoop, whoop, oh, what's happening? Fuck, we need help. We need help. When I know what the problem is, that's what pisses me off too. I'm like, no, you don't need to bring someone to give me help because I know what happened. Just let me start fresh. Why isn't there a fucking start fresh button? Because I know what happened. You clipped the wrong barcode for fuck's sakes. Now I got to wait for Betty who's helping this guy over here. Until he's done, and then I'm sitting around like an asshole, just waiting to scan one goddamn item. Yeah, this has happened to me. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so many great ones here. Uh, before I get to Dr. Fuck from yesterday, I, I want to read you a message that I got. It was a DM from Matt, who's a longtime listener of After 9, and he's got a situation that he'd like some feedback Oh, on. okay, Matt. Happy to help. Hey, Scott, I have a crazy situation, and I'd love to hear yours and Kat's opinion on the matter in the podcast tomorrow. Long story short, 
My ex-wife of 13 years and the mother of my two kids had a spare room to rent in her townhouse. My best friend and someone that I considered a brother for 21 years just split with his longtime girlfriend and decided he was going to rent the room that my ex had available. The most horrible part is he didn't even tell me. He didn't reach out and ask for help. He didn't tell me he was considering going to live with my ex and our kids. He just did it. He broke the bro code. And the wild part is that lately they've been spending time together and doing things with the four of them like they're one big happy family. I don't know for sure if anything has happened with them, but I know he is and he will eventually try. I know how he is and he will eventually try if he hasn't already. I went there this past Monday to confront him. I lost my shit on him, but I didn't beat his ass. They both individually know how I feel about the situation and how they've each individually done me dirty. I'm brokenhearted to say the least, but trying to keep my composure for my kids' sake, I know this message was super long. I'd love to hear your opinion on the matter. Take care, bro. Uh, first off, what Matt did is highly recommended. You can reach out to us anytime and we will put you under the spotlight. As soon as we get an opportunity on the pod, we will examine your situation. Now, Kat, in Matt's case here, first off, total bullshit. <laughs> you consider this guy a brother for 21 years. You've been best friends for 21 years. He knows the shit you went through with your ex because there's very, very, very few Simple or easy divorces, especially when there's two kids involved. Him moving in with your ex, who just happened to now have a room to rent for some reason that was available. I don't know for sure, Matt, but it kind of sounds like there's something there. And it was probably there before they moved in together. Just saying. That's the way it's coming off to me. Yeah. Did he break the bro code? He should have talked to you first. He absolutely should have talked to you. He should have come to you and told you what was going on. The fact that he did not talk to you first tells me that there's more there. There's more to that story, Mm -hmm. and it probably involves uh, their private parts. Does does he dig deeper here and ask? I mean, do you? I believe he deserves to know in this particular case. Does he? Does he dig deep? I mean, if, does he dig deeper and does he ask? Does he ask those questions? You, you have a, an inkling, and I'm not, I, I am with you on that too. You have an inkling that something else is going on here. Is it, does he have a, like a right to find out? I don't know that he has a right because it's his ex. Right. And I'm going to assume his now ex best friend as well. But we're talking he, about a friend here. So I feel like they're in, just for the friendship portion, maybe not for the ex, because an ex is an ex. You don't, they don't, you don't, um, you know, need to t- take anything from them and it, you're done. You're done. It's done. They owe you nothing, let's say. But we're talking about who once was a best friend. Yeah. Scott, there's nothing I wouldn't have done for him and that oh. I wouldn't have done for my actual blood ah, brother. So, it. no, we're not blood related, but we're pretty fucking close. Matt, I don't know what your buddy there doesn't understand about this or how it comes across. But again, I don't think he's thinking about you or he totally takes your friendship for granted and thinks that he can operate with pure impunity here. Mm -hmm. And frankly, no, you can't. 
listen, if anybody else in the world had a room for rent and he'd rented it, nobody would have thought twice and you guys would probably still be best friends. But it's weird that your ex had that room available for rent right when he needed a room for rent and he took it. The fact that he's doing shit with your kids. <laughs> Settle me down. I got to pour some fucking cold water on my head. That bugs me. Yeah. What's going on here? What's this guy up to? Why would he do no other place that he could rent? He had to move in with your ex. That's weird. That's fucked up, right? Yeah. Um, that's, I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what words to use to describe what, what's going on here. And it's unfortunate that it's not the first time I've heard of something like this happening, right? Isn't that shitty? Totally. Yeah, I don't know how, it seems like movie-style drama, but people end up in these situations all the time. Yeah. And Matt, I don't know if we helped or not. I don't know. I don't know either because part of me wants to say, you know, fuck them, uh, move on. But I know those words are just words. It's not that easy to do. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, he's going to have to continue uh, dealing with his ex because she's the mother of his two yeah. kids and he wants to see his kids. That's the other that's the other thing, too, because you can't just say, fuck you, I'm cutting all ties because then it get, becomes dangerous because there are kids involved in that. Did, sorry, did he say the age of the kids? He did not. OK. OK. So wh- wh- whatever it is. Um there's kids involved and that's the thing that always keeps me from saying too much because I'm not sure what I would do in that scenario because you want to still be able to see your kids. And if someone wants to be a, uh, an asshole about it, they can be an asshole about it, you know, and then they can fight the, to have it so that you don't see your kids, which is why it's shitty that always in scenarios like this, someone feels like they have to walk on eggshells just to make sure that they get access to their kids. So in all ways, this is a, this is a really shitty scenario and I'm sorry to hear that you're going through it, Matt. I, I, I've never been through anything like that, which is why I hesitate to give any advice of what, what to do next. I mean, you probably know what you should do, but make sure that as in any scenario that involves kids, the kids come first. So if that means that you have to suck it up and play nice, do it for the kids. And then that's shitty and you're going to hate it and you're going to, and it's going to live with you for the rest of your life. But I'm not sure how vengeful this particular ex is. I don't know how what the process has been between the two of you with the breakup. I don't know. But I know that if there are kids involved, that's where you have to be really careful because I would never want to see a time where somebody couldn't see their kids just over pettiness. I just want to say two more things on this. Number one, Matt, I get how angry you are right now and you feel betrayed. And frankly, I don't blame you for feeling that way. But... Ask yourself how important this is to you, because I get the impression that your kids are very important to you. So I'm going to suggest that for the greater good, whatever is going on between your ex-best friend and your ex-wife, you got to try and find a way to be okay with that when the kids are around or avoid being around them when the kids are around one or the other. You've got to stay calm, especially with the kids. The second thing I want to say is. Always try and look at a situation from all angles. That's what I try and do anyway. And as frustrating as this is, as much as I agree, he probably did break the bro code. All of the objections are now noted. Maybe if you want to look for a silver lining, your ex could have gone and and hooked up with any asshole in the world that you don't necessarily want around your kids. Maybe you can take a little bit of comfort in the fact that if there's going to be a guy around, it might as well be somebody that you know and at least used to trust with your kids. If it, The devil you know instead of the one you don't. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything there to consider that? Yeah, sure. Yep. Okay, let's go to yesterday. Dr. Kieran Moore came out and did his weekly gong show. 
And and just for context, today is Thursday. He gave this news conference on Wednesday. 24 hours after the province's health minister, Christine Elliott, came came out and, and reassured us all. Christine came out and said the important thing. She said, listen, we have a plan to reopen Ontario safely. We fully expect that numbers are going to creep up. We're not just watching case counts. We're looking at hospital hospitalizations and ICU capacity. And frankly, because we factored in an increase in the numbers, we are able to stay the course on Ontario's reopening plan. That was what she said Tuesday. Then Wednesday, here comes Dr. Fucking Moore. Yeah, we're going to pause the reopening. What? 24 hours ago, we were staying the course. What happened to staying the course? Yeah, he changed his mind. Uh, Here is yesterday, Laura Stone from The Globe asking Dr. Moore an important question. Next question. From Laura Stone at The Globe and Mail. Oh, hi, Dr. Moore. Um, We've heard you repeatedly say, don't panic. Um, You know, cases are going to rise as as the colder weather comes on. Um, but I think there are some people who are looking at, at the numbers now and, and getting alarmed. So what do you say to those voices, some of them in the medical community, that are, are looking at these numbers and calling on the government to do more? How do you explain um, why you're not making any significant changes today? Well, thanks very much, Laura. So we are putting a pause on further reopening uh, and keeping the current uh, capacity limits in those venues, venues that were supposed to open on the 15th of November. Um, also, uh, we have to realize we've made so many important steps and changes uh, in the last year and a half of this pandemic. We have 88, over 88% of our eligible Ontarians that have come forward uh, and gotten vaccinated with uh, their first dose, 85.3% with their second dose. Just finding, I think that's absolutely correct, 80 85.2% of uh, people have had their second dose. Uh, and I hope by the end of this month to be able to announce uh, further information on the 5 to 11 vaccine uh, uh, program, which will further protect uh, transmission uh, in school settings, in home settings, in multi-generational homes especially. Uh, as well, we anticipate having access to antiviral medications in the new year. You may have heard of several companies announcing oral outpatient medications. I think that's a significant Um, uh, change that could help us minimize the impact on our health sector, admissions to hospital, and use of the intensive care unit. Uh, Shut the fuck up. Listen, of course it's going to help. We've got two pills that I I can't think of anything that should be more of a priority for Health Canada. Nothing else should be a bigger priority. Even the shots for the kids, the 5 to 11-year-olds, the ones who don't experience adverse outcomes from COVID, they can wait an extra couple of weeks. Let's get going with these pills. Merck has one. Now Pfizer has one. I know you guys have got some sort of a weird deal with Pfizer, some sort of a relationship of what or whatever. Okay, fine. Well, now Pfizer's got one. This pill, you start feeling symptoms of COVID. You go in. They test you. Oh, fuck, you've got COVID? No, oh, what do you got here? A runny nose, headache? Yep, you've got symptoms. Boom, they give you this pill. You're back on your feet the next day. That's how easy it is. This is meant to keep you out of the hospital taking these pills. Why the hell is this not a priority to get those done? Mm Because you know what that would do? We're open. No restrictions. We've got pills for this. 85% of the population is vaccinated. Now we've got pills that'll do what the vaccines are supposed to do, keep you out of the hospital. 
Okay, everybody's covered. Vaxxed, unvaxxed, everybody. We're good. We're done. Fuck it. Get those pills approved. Dr. Moore himself just said it. You know, those will help. Dude, those are going to help a lot. Mm -hmm. And as far as you, and I don't even necessarily disagree with them pausing the reopening next week. And in case you're wondering what's not already open, I know somebody is. There has to be. Yep. Uh, This is capacity limits on nightclubs, strip clubs, sex clubs, bathhouses. On Monday, they were supposed to go to the same restrictions that regular restaurants and such have. But Mm -hmm. now, not so much. There aren't a ton of nightclubs left anymore, just so you know. A lot of them have closed. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they're included in this, I don't really have a problem with it. I have a huge problem with you guys saying one thing on Tuesday and then somebody else coming out on Wednesday and completely changing the script. You guys need to get organized there at Queens Park. Like, there was no need for Christine to say we're going to stay the course if Dr. Moore knew he was going to pause the reopening. And no, it's not a big deal. I don't think there's that many people dying to get into a sex club right now. I I just don't think there is. Now, nightclubs for the ones that are open? Yeah, you bet your sweet ass that as soon as those capacity limits come up, they're going to have 5,000 people at Cabana. (laughs) 5,000 people there in one night. As soon as the restrictions are lifted, they're waiting for it, and there's certain clubs that'll do it and fill up the place. So, yeah, maybe it is okay to put this on hold. It's not a huge deal. But stop giving out conflicting information. Fuck. It's not hard to be organized here, guys. Just talk to one another. That's all you have to do. Communication's been one of those things throughout the whole whole thing. So I'm actually not surprised by it. I'm with you, though. I think that it's the right move, actually. Um, Yeah. I think it's the right move to do what they're doing. I don't know. I didn't know that they had said, no, everything's staying the course, and then a couple days later. But we also know that the case number is... You know, it's it's something to look at. I'm not. I don't think anybody's friggin' hitting a, the alarm bell or anything like that. But sure, I'm. A, I think that we all are, are aware and are okay with it. But yeah, I mean, there's a little lack of communication that goes on there. There's no doubt about that. We've known that for a long time. It's so frustrating. And why aren't these pills uh, further up the the chain here? Why aren't we? Why don't we have these in the pipeline? I mean, they've got clinical trials, the same as the vaccines did. They they're very very effective. At least the one from Merck is. I haven't heard a whole ton about the Pfizer version, but I mean, hey, this is a way to get something into almost every person on Earth. If you're a pharmaceutical company, if you're Merck, you should be pushing the shit out of getting this pill approved because it's easy. It's a pill. Okay, great. So if I'm not vaccinated and I do get tested and it does show that I have COVID, I pop a pill and it'll just feel like a cold and it'll go away and I'm back to work the next day. Yeah, that's how easy it is. Everybody's covered. Whether you get the shot or have to take one of these pills, you're probably good. So I hope that they are putting a priority on getting this done and realizing the potential power of having these. Uh, Overall, yesterday was kind of uneventful. Dr. Moore didn't really say much. But one thing that I do want to say about his remarks yesterday is he's, uh, uh, he's very, very careful about his words. Ever since last week's fiasco. If you go back to last week's podcasts, (laughs) you can hear Dr. Moore talking about a few things that people were still bringing up now that Dr. Moore said it. Uh, Is there anything else you want to cover here today, Kat? I know we uh, uh, have got a busy week coming up. Yeah, we do. We um, I'm sure tomorrow will be uh, a long one. So maybe we'll leave it at that tomorrow. Oh, 
Liz. Actually, oh. I can't even do a long one tomorrow. Oh, you can't. Kate, we need to, can we just mention quickly, that's what I wanted to ask you off the top because I did want to know more. And on the uh, this morning on our FM radio show, we talked about it a little bit. You're kind of uh, in a pickle here because you're forced to move a little bit earlier than you were supposed to. Yeah, I have to be out of my place by Monday. I don't get my new place until the end of January. So my stuff will just go into storage while I couch surf for a couple of months, including over Christmas. Fuck. But anyway, I had the movers all booked for Monday. The problem was a miscommunication between them and I that apparently one of the forms they sent me, that one I was supposed to sign and send back. Now, if I'm the moving company and I've already gone through the whole process and and booked it, and I don't get that signature, I might follow up and say, hey, just wondering if you still want this appointment because you didn't sign. That's what I would do. They didn't do that. They just assumed that because I didn't sign that I wasn't interested anymore and gave away my date. Somebody else has got my moving date on Monday. So they understand that that was just a misunderstanding. And to try and make it right, they're going to fit me in. Tomorrow. Morning. So while I'm doing the podcast and the radio show and all the other shit I do on a Friday, uh, I'm also going to be moving at the same time. Unbelievable. So what's the day like for you tomorrow? Is it literally like the second we're done the podcast after it's produced, you have to shut down all of your shit and pack it away? Basically, yeah. The whole studio gets packed up and it goes into storage and it's going to stay there until the end of January. But there's so much to do. And I thought I had until Monday this coming weekend to prepare. Nope, nope, nope. I have now, uh, in total, I had 36 hours to prepare when I was only really about two-thirds packed. So I've got a lot of shit to do today, Kat. Well, hey, all the best of luck to you. Um, And we will chat about that a little bit more tomorrow, briefly, or as briefly as we can make it on a Friday. Have yourselves a great day, everybody. Dr. Paul Rudd is People Magazine's sexiest man alive, reclaiming the title he first received in 1938. Well, the holidays are coming up, and I read that because of the tight labor market, there's actually a shortage of mall Santas. Yeah, malls are desperate to find Santas. Today, in fact, Macy's put out a bowl of whiskey outside the store that they're trying to lure a stray cat. Wow. 40% of Americans said that they strongly approve of Sesame Street's Big Bird announcing on social media that he got a coronavirus vaccine. They were less comfortable, though, with hearing why Oscar needed the Hep C vaccine. Hey, here's some good news. The North American Meat Institute said it will reach Paris Agreement emission targets by 2030. When I heard, my first thought was, there's a North American Meat Institute? <laughs> Sounds less like a real organization, more like something you'd read on a shirt of a dude at CrossFit. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.